Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, getting set for the battle for the saddle. Could there be any changes with the offensive game plan after Slim Pickens last time around against the Baylor Bears? Also, Locked On Texas Tech, head up against the spread as we get ready for the college football weekend across the Big 12 and beyond. But first, Brett Yormark, the Big 12 the Gonzaga Bulldogs is Mr. Yormark being for real. We explore next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Thanks for joining us once again on Locked On Texas Tech, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe if you haven't so far. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and today's episode brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's at underdogfantasy.com. Calm. We're getting ready for Red Raiders and Horned Frogs. Battle for the saddle. The West Texas Championship is on deck. And we'll get to thoughts from Tech Head Coach Joey McGuire as Chris is fresh off a conversation once again on the radio weekly. They do it here in the LBK and really intergalactically. Hearing some good reviews from Nebulas near and far. But we start elsewhere today, Chris, because this was uh, so attention-getting, I think in large part, due to its outside-of-the-box nature, that it really was taken in, I think, by college sports fans at large. Whether you're thinking expansion, whether you're thinking football, whether you're thinking hoops, or anything in between, Brett Yormark and a conversation with Gonzaga leadership apparently here in the great state has captured uh, some minds, hasn't it, as we're wrapping up this week, man. Really interesting to take in from a Big 12 perspective, to say the least. Yeah, you know, and and uh, it, it it got my mind really racing because I had so many <laughs> questions, and I, I believe Casey in the original story it even indicates, hey, Gonzaga's talked to the Pac-12, Gonzaga's talked to the Big East, and yet there weren't really big stories ever reported on about that. That was just kind of buried in the story about them talking to the Big Twelve, which I thought was just interesting. So it makes you wonder who. Who wanted it out there? Who who was? <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you know, I'm 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 trained to kind of like, kind of wonder. Okay, why why is this being reported? Uh, the timing of it, I and mean, all these different things. Do you have any guesses? Because it reminds me of how I used to announce like my homecoming date. Well, I also talked to these <laughs> others, but I wasn't as interested in the one that maybe answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and you're starting to hear a few things about. You know, the Pac-12 talking to San Diego State. I think the Big 12 uh, wouldn't rule out like a San Diego State type scenario either. I would just tell you that. Uh, I think this is all. You heard that right here on Locked on Texas Tech from a former Fox Sports president. Bob Thompson brought up San Diego State in relation to the Pac-12. And I didn't think it was just totally off the cuff, brainstorming on the spot type of mention. It's it's a market. It is something that there's some success there. 
it's uh it, it's geographically makes sense if you're gonna kind of start to go west there that they would do it it's not like a hard uh sell i think so i don't know if there's some race to add san diego state but the gonzaga thing <laughs> the gonzaga th- and, and again i was just i spent uh i guess the nearly a you know almost a week in san diego this past spring with uh, the red raider basketball team because that's where the that's where the first and second round were. You beat uh, you beat Notre Dame for the right to go to the Sweet 16 uh, there at San Diego State's Arena right there on campus. Uh, and so, but but the Gonzaga thing is, it's interesting because see, San Diego State's more of a traditional ad. You know, they, they've got a football team uh, that Brady Hoke's been there for geez eight or nine years. You know, basketball has been pretty dadgum relevant uh, in in recent years. Gonzaga extremely relevant at basketball. No, no football though, and you know, but baseball uh, again is is relevant for Gonzaga. I think they'll actually be in uh, Lubbock, Texas. I think playing uh, the Red Raiders this year, ironically enough, and I think there were some games played between the Red Raiders and uh, and Gonzaga Bulldogs on the on the diamond last year, last season as well. But that's Spokane, Washington is a long ways off, and <laughs> and 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 you don't have football, so I'm kind of. Um, I, I I get I, so so many questions here because I wonder would you just take them would you just take them right now and then kind of yeah we'll take you with no football and we'll figure out what to compensate you for and and all that or is this more of a a bridge the gap and kind of trying to lure some of these Pac-12 schools right is this is that those these these are the questions that I was coming up with in my head is like okay I'm starting to figure this out and all the chess that's being played. Is this is this an hey man? We get Gonzaga. What do you think, Arizona? Let, let's own the basketball part of this thing, Chris. Can I offer up that I can't the latter? I can't fully invest in because the Big Twelve already owns it. They would own it even more so only uh-huh. with Arizona. Arizona has to know that. Yeah, and so that I agree. That's similar to what I'm asking myself, but I'm investing more in that former. Uh, scenario that maybe you're just thinking outside of the box. I mean, there are other things that will be an effect of it if it were to come to pass, obviously. But I don't. Does that make sense? What I'm saying about the basketball footprint? I just feel like Arizona. Yeah, you already, and, you you already are the best. Yeah, basketball league. I think you know Houston is probably at least lately they've been a better version than Texas. Oklahoma's really down. And so Cincinnati, it, it hasn't been bad at all. They've been pretty good. There's been some history there with Cincinnati that's been really good basketball-wise. So I, I, that that's what I'm confused about because if I'm just being honest, and I'm a basketball guy, man, I love it. I, I think that, that that's that's what – I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love the football too. I just understand basketball doesn't move the needle, man. It doesn't move the needle when it comes to – these TV contracts and TV deals. So I'm just trying to think what, what is big picture here for Brett Yormark? What makes sense here? And Gonzaga, I mean, call it what it is, that they are really only known for basketball and they're known for not winning the whole thing. <laughs> and they, they, Gonzaga doesn't necessarily need the Big 12 to get to where they want to go basketball-wise. They don't need like a path to the tournament They've got that you you would make the argument they've got a much easier path uh now in the West Coast Conference with just basically St. Mary's and they've been partnered up with BYU and, and, and at times as well. 
So I just wonder how much is really here and really what's the end game here? Like what's the, cause you, you I just, you're just going to add Gonzaga and that, that would be it. And then as what, and that's a lot of travel, man. Uh, and, and only really BYU is a, a close, you know, proximity wise uh, opponent. I mean, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused. I'm curious. I'm, I just wonder what the end game there would be. Now, if you start adding other West Coast schools and you're looking to, to to balloon this thing up a bit, and there's the the Pac-12 schools, now now it, it it does make sense, but only as a kind of a basketball only member, it it still doesn't ultimately move the. And I'd love to know the language in these contracts about adding members because it's in ESPN's. We reported on that. It's not in Fox's. But all those networks are mostly worried about is the football component. So that's the part that I'm just kind of – I don't really know. I'm confused. Uh, I'm, I'm, but like I said, I'm probably more curious than I am confused. I just wonder what, what, where we're going here or what they, what they talked about. Um, Bob Thompson, again, to go back to, to that conversation, gave some number that I could hang on to because you always do hear basketball means nothing. Uh, he says maybe 30, 30%, 35% of the impact can be in a basketball category okay. as far as appeal from a network. The Big 12 has got to be above average, so we already know that as is. Long-term for Gonzaga, I'm so skeptical, and I've been a long-term Zag skeptic anyway. The West Coast Conference is your friend, Gonzaga. Yeah. Never leave there. I'm going <laughs> Billy Madison and grabbing them by their fat West Coast Conference cheeks. You're insane. If you want to leave there first off, I know what the monetary payout would be, even as a partial member versus the Big 12 compared to West Coast Conference payouts. But your program will never be the same. Bob Huggins echoed as much uh, to wrap up the week saying they've been in for a rude awakening to paraphrase. Maybe that's what I'm saying. That's the mm-hmm. way I'm feeling. And I I believe, Chris, that if I had to, to roll dice right here and, and call which way it's going, I think it's TMZ to wrap up the week. Uh, we're going to get something out that says, yeah, they came down here to talk to us, and that's because they like us better than people they'd talked to previously, which was the Pac-12, by the way, <laughs> and was whoever, make up whatever, Big East, whoever. Uh, also, a, a now fellow Fox television basketball contract comrade. Uh, is there any elbow in there at the table to say, oh, they don't like you either, Big East? I really feel like if I'm in Bray, and I may be totally wrong on that. There may be juice to it. I don't know. But that's if I had to bet right now, that's the way I'd go. And I'm not sure it's a bad idea. I mean, you're talking about the Big 12 and like some outside the box thinking rolling into a weekend otherwise where you wouldn't be talking about the Big 12. But I think long term, if I'm Brett Yormark, if I'm somebody that has the Big 12's best interests in mind, I'm very skeptical of this. Very skeptical of this. Long term skeptic of the Zags in general and mostly have been proven right when you get to the NCAA tournament. I think in general, the brand has been built. Uh, by hats they used to sell at Cardinal Sports Center, Zags, it was tight, especially for those who were smoking those left handies. And I feel like that became a thing when people realized, oh, John Stockton's here and these hats are cool. What do they mean? Zigzag you? I don't know. Anyway, they began to assemble some good basketball teams and they make so much hay during the regular season. I was one of those fools that recently kind of came to buy in and respect them as a national title caliber team, which is what you are if you're special in the Big 12, right? And I feel like I've been taught a lesson in recent NCAA tournaments. (laughs) No, (laughs) Baylor sunned them for 40 minutes. (laughs) And it was 
I mean, it was really big brother, little brother giving them noogies, Chris. And I thought, why would I ever, ever have bought into this? And a good point that I had made to me when having this conversation on Black Label Radio this week, Locked on Texas Tech's Honorary Podcasting Cousin. When you are set up as they are in the regular season, seeding-wise, to open up NCAA tournament play, it's more conducive to a Sweet 16 or a run to the Elite Eight here or there. I'm going to throw in with Bob Huggins, which I don't really like to do all that often. I think it would tarnish the Gonzaga brand. Their coach can't be there forever. And then eventually, what is the Big 12 holding as far as a partial member in the league with Gonzaga baseball to turn to? I don't know, man. That's my personal take. I'd like to ask you as a fan of the Big 12. You want it to be healthy. You want it to be at its best. How do you really feel if you were keep, like gatekeeping the conference? Would you be calling Gonzaga or, or not so much? Uh, well, it, it, you know, what's funny is I've spent, I've spent a, a lot of time around uh, Adam Morrison and uh, their play-by-play guy over the last several years in basketball circles because we spent two nights around him in Anaheim. I was around them in uh, Phoenix last year, and then they just so happened they get sent to San Francisco last year, and they lose to Arkansas. The Red Raiders lose to Duke. So I've, I've been I've watched Gonzaga up close a lot, uh, and and have been around the you other know, color analyst uh, Adam Morrison with his fancy mustache. Super nice guy, by the way. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you know, look, would it would it make your basketball league much better and more high profile? No doubt, they they are a brand. Uh, they they it it resonates. I don't know what all else comes with it. I I can only imagine if Gonzaga is interested in something like this, that maybe finances aren't great. Uh, it, uh you know, up in Spokane, Washington, and they are trying to figure out how to take this brand and get more money for it. Uh, because while the getting's good, yeah, because yeah. and when you think about it. I mean, in November and December, they play a murderer's row, man. I mean, they they play everybody under the sun. There's going to be Michigan State, Carolina, Duke, you name it. They're they're going to be in the middle of all these non-conference games that are high profile. They have to, uh, just because their conference is so down yeah. and weak. And St. Mary's is legit. St. Mary's is a team that'll be it's a pain in the ass to deal with in the NCAA tournament, and they may get Gonzaga every once in a while. But that's just one team of of uh, you know I don't know off the top of my head how many you know it's you, you know but it's not eighteen rounds in the Big no, Twelve, Chris. No. You see it, you're going to yeah. be all over it in the next uh, few months. I mean, it's hard to compare that. Yeah, I, I just you know if if they were if they weren't so far off, and I and I hate to play the geography card, but that's the there's got to be more <laughs> dots. There's got to be more dots that are closer that you can connect where it makes some sense because yeah. West Virginia is not that far away and it, and it's brutal on, on speaking of Bob Huggins and those, you know, for how much travel they have, because everything's a road trip. Any road trip they, they make is long. And like the red Raiders go to Stillwater and Waco and Fort Worth and now Houston and it, <laughs> it, like these, these, you know, 45 minute flights. So I don't know, man, it, it but it, it got my wheels spinning a bit. I'm very curious. Oh, yeah. I'm confused. I, 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 uh, but but uh, the last thing I will say before I wrap up my thoughts on this subject is here's what I like the most about it. Okay. You got a commissioner, man, that is checking under every rock. Yeah. He is. We've never heard of this connection. 
if Bob Bowlesby would have done this, we would have been like, oh my gosh, this is, but now it just seems like this is business as usual because this dude is trying to think he's trying to figure out, he's trying to put things together. He's trying to see what's best. He's thinking short-term he's thinking long-term. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of curious, but I just, as a standalone, Ooh, I, I, that, that, that would be an interesting one for me. I just don't know what comes with that. Do you barely pay them any money? Is that more than what they were making? What's the scheduling look like? I mean, is it baseball too? Is it just hoops only? I don't know. But I think I would be willing to bet everything's on the table as far as these conversations. And maybe it's, hey, let's talk about something. And let's, what do you see five years from now? What would you, what do you think? Where do you see Gonzaga going? I mean, maybe it's way off in the distance, but it was reported for a reason. I know that. I just don't no know doubt. why. No yes. doubt. You can take that part uh, to the bank. There's no question it was intentional to whose benefit or what angles benefit uh, still left to be found out. And yeah, laughable to think about what the Bob Bowlesby era would have looked like in this situation. <laughs> He'd have been bringing us a partial membership for UC Santa Barbara softball because Chris Del Connie told him to. I mean, you can only imagine what he might have brought to the table if uh, nothing but a soup bone just to leave us that the dog had already gnawed on. Good night. I Hey, we've said this before on this show. I'm here for the show. Is he bluffing? Is he holding? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, a little more stock in the tank after a television agreement comes to fruition, right? I mean, this is the next thing that's been interesting. And so I kind of want to take him a little more so like, uh, hey, I don't know, he might be kind of serious. And, and I would tell you, I, I would tell you, man, you 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 uh, you could do a lot worse than the San Diego market too. If I, I haven't thought about that, I don't know if people would go, yeah, man, we got to grab them up. I don't know. But if they're, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to San Diego. I mean, you I, know. I want to not be opposed to it, but I caught a <laughs> terrible, terrible virus. Uh, some type of head cold <laughs> at the San Diego Zoo. Oh, uh, Tech Arizona State Holiday Bowl trip. Probably Otherwise, monkey. It, it was probably monkeypox if it was at the San Diego Zoo or something. I don't yeah. even think you know how mean you're being with that reference. It was definitely not monkeypox. I can absolutely guarantee that. That was way before that was the thing, and before I was questioning anything okay, in my personal life. So uh, that was a totally different era, Chris. But I did have to yell someone at that point at the San Diego Zoo. Humans, Homo sapiens, get a cage. They're acting worse than the monkeys. <laughs> like these San Diegoans. I don't know if we want to get uh, caught up with them or not. Leave that to the Pac-12. That'll be fun for the Pac-12 to pick up off the ground and try and heal their wounds. He just got lit up by a Gatlin gun. Oh, here's triage. Woo, woo. What do they got? San Diego State. Have fun with that. And we'll have fun with Gonzaga. I really don't know what the future is going to hold, but I'm just acting brave right now as we all will as we tackle locked on texas tech against the spread put on a brave face chris it's next on locked on texas tech but first underdog fantasy is the name spicing up your college football weekend is the game their focus is you as in making your game day experience top Notch, keeping track of the Red Raiders on Saturday and also with what you got going on in the fantasy realm. And with Underdog Fantasy, all it takes is one game to win cold, hard cash. So sign up today with the promo code LOCKED ON, and Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So deposit $100, get $100 back for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app at the App Store 
or the Google Play Store. And again, that's promo code locked on at underdogfantasy.com. The promo code is locked on. Spice up your college football weekend now and get in on the college football pick of the day at underdogfantasy.com. Thanks for joining us on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, Locked On Texas Tech against the spread. We're getting into next and back to the Red Raiders and Horned Frogs, the West Texas Championship before we're out of here. We'll get to some thoughts from Chris's conversation with Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire on the way. And, of course, thinking about some of those ways that maybe the Red Raiders can pull off the improbable as they head to Fort Worth. But uh, Chris, you and I were above the 500 mark, four and two, though we both get there in different ways last time around. The biggest game of the weekend before we get to the Big 12 Conference, Volunteers, Bulldogs. If you're a college football fan, you got to love it. But who you liking here? You see the ticket prices for this thing? Outrageous. To it's a like, common man. It's like five grand. Yeah, for like the best seats. Five, to $5, an SEC fan, totally uh, worth it. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, Just take the money out of the bag and pay for a ticket with it, Yeah, since we're an SEC country. Um, Minus yeah, the Bulldogs. Sorry, I left the number out. Yeah, it, it's – yeah, George is a, what, an eight-point favorite? Is that right? Minus eight, yes, sir. Yeah. So, Tennessee has easily the best quarterback in this game. Uh, and and I think I mean I, I'll just make this statement: If Tennessee wins this game, they almost punch their ticket to the playoff. I mean, yeah, the if the wheels fell off and they like lost out, but I mean, this is one like th- this is going to be one of the most impressive wins by anybody in the country that I think is going to count for a lot. And so they'll they'll have quite a big margin for error if they go pull this off and win it outright. But I, I think it also for the most part, would solidify Hendon Hooker as the outright favorite for the Heisman Trophy uh, if, if he's able to pull this off against that defense. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Stetson Bennett. He's just okay. Uh, well, I think nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Georgia lost a key linebacker this week. I, I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take Tennessee in the points because that's a that's a, I'm getting a touchdown plus. Uh, I, I think Georgia probably wins a close one here, but because you're giving me eight points, man, and Tennessee, I keep waiting for the letdown, man, and I just haven't seen it. I kept, I, I thought it would be last week. They they got Bama. I mean, they, they've just been really consistent, really good, and their defense is not great, but neither is Georgia's offense uh, in, in some ways. So I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Vols plus the points. Again, the hazard of letting letting you explain your pick first. You're very convincing, very persuasive, especially when I'm going the other way. I'm going Bulldogs. I'm going Bulldogs. And it's because I was looking for a new hat this week out at a local Western wear store. I see an old timer appear. We start chopping it up, just passing the time, chewing the cud, having a little conversation. I say, what's your brand, old man? Not in a cool, rude, <laughs> not in a cool, rude way like that. In a more respectful West Texas way, but I said, "What's your brand, old man?" He says, "You can never go wrong with a Stetson," and I knew at that time, oh, Chris, that was the sign. It's Bulldogs minus eight uh, for me. Chris is going balls plus eight. Big Twelve time. Bears Sooners is where we begin, and uh, the Sooners a three and a half point favorite there. 
in Norman. The more things change, the more they stay the same. We open up November, Chris, and uh, here's Oklahoma uh, getting the nod at home. Who you like? Baylor's only won one time in Norman ever. That was back in 2014. Uh, and I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of surprised at the number here. Uh, if I'm Mine being too. honest, yeah. If I'm being honest, but uh, maybe I shouldn't be. I don't, I don't know. But you're giving me more than a field goal. And and again, I can't. Sorry, I'm guilty here, but I cannot get that image of Baylor putting it all together in my out of my brain and that I saw for about <laughs> yeah. three plus hours up close and, yeah up close <laughs> and so with that I mean they were picked to win this thing and it looked like it to me and I know that you know the BYU game and the the Oklahoma State game and the West Virginia game some of those were, were it's it's not been what we thought but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Aranda's team in that they, I, I think they continue to figure it out, and I just don't trust Oklahoma's defense. So, uh, and if you, you know, I mean, I don't think Baylor has to score a ton of points in this game to to go go win it. So, uh, I'm getting the three and a half points. Is that right? Is that what we decided? That's right, three and a half. Yeah, I'll take I'll take three and a half, man. I'm I'm big on these road dogs. I am hating myself for wanting to go this way, but you got to go. I'm I'm blaming my recency bias. <laughs> but you're in the same stadium I was, and you're still riding with I, I gotta go Bears. I gotta go Bears. You cannot trust these Sooners and Aranda <laughs> Venables. I gotta go Aranda. I I gotta go Bears here, and I don't even like the pick. I mean, it's just I'm gonna probably learn a hard lesson here, but hey, we'll learn it together. So our misery will enjoy each other's company if it goes that way. We're both going Baylor on that one, plus three and a half. Kansas, Oklahoma State. I got Jayhawks minus. One, as they uh, host the Cowboys coming off a humbling, <laughs> as they say in spade. What do you got, Chris? Well, yeah, Kansas coming off a bye. Oklahoma State might as well have been coming off of a bye. I don't know what that was <laughs> last week. Uh, Jalen Daniels, I believe, is back. Okay, he's practiced some. I think he's listed first on the depth chart. Uh, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State's won 12 straight over the Jayhawks. I think they make it 13. I, I don't minus one. I was kind of surprised that this number was what it was too. Yep. I, I still thought. I mean, I, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna take. I'm not. I'm gonna pick and choose on when I get to you know hold on to these theories and things. Okay, in this case, in this case, I'm not gonna let my recency bias affect my pick. I'm gonna go with the last decade plus of what Oklahoma State has been. I know what it's like when you get embarrassed and you and you know you see these teams that that bounce back and all those things and you you kind of watch these teams with these knee jerk reactions and they're just kind of up and down. I don't know if that's what we'll get, but I just have seen way too much Oklahoma State winning over the years. And if it's essentially a pick 'em game, you beat a team twelve straight times. I don't care if Jalen Daniels is playing or not. I'm taking the pokes. I was surprised by this number, man. I tried to ride with the Jayhawks and some home pride when they were a home dog not too <laughs> long ago. I got ow, burned, burned by that one. I'm going Cowboys here. Are you insane? Are you Mike Gundy is, are you insane? He's right in the middle of these guys all week long. 48 yeah. to nothing. I expect Kansas to be made an example out of. Credit to the Jayhawks if it's anything other than that. But uh, yeah. We're going to be simpatico on that one. West Virginia and Iowa State, Chris, as the Cyclones, a touchdown favorite 
uh, in Ames. This is the ninth and tenth place teams in the league. They're both three and five. They're they're not very good. I don't know if West Virginia will actually have uh, a true healthy running back in this game. C.J. Donaldson out for the year, and then Tony Mathis has still been dinged up. The the one thing Iowa State can do is they can d d you up, and and if West Virginia goes into that thing fairly one dimensional, like which they may be if they don't have really a much of a running game at all, I, I don't think it's pretty. But and, and I'm I'm a bit uncomfortable though. We we deciding on Iowa State minus seven. Is that what you see? Yep. Yeah, I'm a. I wish it wasn't that high. Okay, I wish it was. Yeah. I wish it was around the three and a half, four. Well, they or score seven. I know. Yeah, they don't good score much. Question. Yeah. But but I'm gonna bet on that Iowa State uh, defense at home and that longer grass, that natural grass that they grow out. Maybe a little chilly and no running game for West Virginia. So I'll take uh, I'll take Matt Campbell's boys in an ugly one. I everyone in America thinking about this game has to feel the exact same way as you just described because no one is even going to probably put a whole lot on Iowa State scoring seven points on the day, much less to win the game by seven. But there's no choice. you got a team with a defense, and you've got a team with with a whole lot of nothing. And I know that obviously that defense hasn't paired with anything offensively that's led to a good season, but I still am taking Matt Campbell, HC versus HC, with all due respect to Neil Brown on most days. And I'm taking defense over nothing <laughs> or defense yeah. over most things on most days as well. I, <laughs> I can't. Is this going to be a six to three game, Chris? <laughs> well, you and, and I you are going to get burned by this stone. That's right what, now. and I, I think I it absolutely has to be a chance to be a 13 to 10, 13 to six. 20 to six i don't it's gonna be like one of those ugly like just big 10 type scores man i think you're, I, you're dead on you just hope that you know if you're taking the taking the clones that you have a few more to. points yeah you got to go iowa state on this one so we're yeah. both riding with the cyclones and then texas k-state the nightcap there is the longhorns a two and a half point favorite on the road you've been touching that stove a couple of times this season chris which way are you going with the longhorns and purple wildcats I was a bit surprised at this number, um, you know, just because I, you know, Kansas State, last time we saw them, pretty good. Uh, UT's coming off of a bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know if Kansas State knows who their quarterback will be in this game. It's either going to be Will Howard, Adrian Martinez, not sure who. And I, I think um, I think that Texas has been really bad in Manhattan. However, the last time they were there two years ago, I think they won like 69 to 31. But I, I again I'm going with I'm going with just what I'm used to seeing with Kansas State. And if you're giving me points and they're at home, that's just too hard for me to turn down. You know, and it, this may not be pretty. Texas, you know, here, here's what I'll say. I'm going to take Kansas State, and I'm going to get two and a half points. Is that what we're saying? Is it two and a half? Uh, two and a half, yep. Two and a half, yeah. I'm going to say that. However, I will just throw this out there. If Texas wins this game by like 21 points or more or something, I, I don't think any of us should be shocked. That's kind of the league that we're seeing now when you don't really – can't make sense of any of it, you know. So – to see Kansas State one way one week, and maybe they have their maybe they have their Texas Tech Baylor game this week. Who the heck knows, you know? But uh, but that I'm, I'm, but I, as far as the pick goes, I'll take the Wildcats plus two and a half. Thank God we can finish on something 
uh, divisive because clearly, oh, I love it. You, you're taking your you're taking your beloved horns, are I'm, you? No, 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 no. Oh, wait, never mind. I was getting so excited for you to take Texas, I didn't even hear what you said at the end. Oh, I, I took Kansas State plus. That's why I have to go review the picks instead <laughs> yeah, of just taking yeah. it the line. Yes, okay, yes. never mind. We're in total agreement, which is also fun because I like to be in agreement with Chris. He's a smart guy. No, you got to go culture over vultures uh, here in this matchup, and I'm going K State all the way i'm sure that texas uh quinn ewers and the boys will enjoy uh packing and uh for the trip and their new uh, well they got some gucci handbags or purses they took pictures of and put it on twitter earlier in the season so that'll help satisfy them on the ride home after they go down once again okay we'll see how it shakes out we're both four and two last week that is well according to lou brown a winning streak just depends on which way you tally them up. I tallied the two losses up first. So that means we won four in a row. R.I.P. Lou Brown. Uh, and that's a great, got, maybe. great character, Lou Brown. Let's wrap it up here, man. Jacking it up a little. We're going to talk battle for the saddle. West Texas Championship, Texas Tech, and Texas Christian. Thoughts on deck next on Locked on Texas Tech. Also, when it comes to our friends at Flatlands Grain, there's no job too big too small this harvest season whether it is one truckload thousands of bushels your grain storage needs ready to be met with our friends at flatlands grain they're in health center texas america 30 quick and convenient minutes north of the lbk give them a call today at 806-839-2522 or visit online at flatlandsgrain.com whether it's market experience, crop analysis, or just keeping your animals fed, the Red Raiders at Flatlands Grain taking pride in what they can do for the farming and ranching families of the High Plains of Texas this harvest season and throughout the year. So experience the difference now at Flatlands Grain. Again, give them a holler at 806-839-2522. Go see them in Health Center or online at flatlandsgrain.com. Glad to have you with us on Locked On Texas Tech. Coming at you, wrapping up a week. Well, we've had character-building opportunities. Red Raider football, not the result we wanted, but back with big opportunity in the battle for the saddle, the West Texas Championship. We want it back out here, other side of the 100th Meridian, where it's really going down, Chris. And I think Texas Tech... For some reason, is giving me this feeling like they've got a shot. I'm sure the guy that you were visiting with uh, to wrap up the week, as you do each week on uh, Thursday nights, Joey McGuire feels like they've got a shot. Uh, it was kind of as you and I talked about first big jab of adversity. You know, really not the result you wanted, and it just wasn't one of those where you felt like, man, you competed till the end. You were close, but no cigar. Kind of humbling in a lot of ways, as we talked about this week. So I'm curious. What you took away from that conversation? Yeah, well, he, uh, Coach McGuire, you know, later today when he gets on the airplane, he's going to be wearing a cactus shirt. Uh, so I will tell you that this is the whole, the TCU thing is the whole cactus thing and, and all that stuff. I think he's embracing that. They're going to roll with uh, more throwback uniforms and they're going to channel their inner Billy Joe Tolliver. Uh, who from the 1989, and I think uh, Billy Joe Tolliver was 4-0 against the Horn Frogs. BJT. 
Jim Wacker was the head coach. And Billy Joe Tolliver, man, shout out. I believe I saw you play a game for the Saints one time with Copenhagen. Uh, and you you were you were playing quarterback and you had the dip and it was just like it was like perfect. So um, that that that's my shout out to Billy Joe Tolliver there. Billy Joe um, uh, drank a beer while I was interviewing <laughs> on television one time with Drew Pearson. There, there you go, Lubbock, Texas, America. It's just how he rolls. He's good at good at hitting a little white ball around, playing golf and all that. That's where so, they had just come from. That's right. And that's we had right. a television interview with a beer on the table, Billy Joe Tolliver and the great Drew Pearson. Like I said, out west of the 100th Meridian, where it really goes down like that. I love BJT, I, man. I think uh, I think Joey's excited about. Look, he 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 knows TCU is. They've caught some breaks. They've created some of their own breaks. You've had some bad luck, and, and you've just kind of been up and down. TCU's been, you know, kind of just just figuring out ways to win, and they've kind of caught teams at the right time, and some guys didn't play when they caught them. Whatever. You don't apologize for it. You, you just keep no. winning because TCU's legitimately good. I think he likes the fact that he's got some long corners that are athletic and can potentially match up, and maybe we match up in his phrasing, you know, we, we match up better than TCU than maybe we did with Baylor because we don't have as many good big people kind of thing. So there's some thought. Here was the here was the number, though, that just blew my mind. I thought that was really interesting in, in, in this term. Do you realize you lead the country in thrown interceptions? Nobody's thrown, nobody as a program has thrown more than 15 this year. You've thrown 15 of them, according to Coach I figured Coach you Moore. were in the area, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But he, here's the thing. Remember – Remember when we did those uh, fourth down numbers uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago when we talked about, you know, hey, man, when you convert a fourth down, how many points you score versus when you when another team, you know, and all that. And maybe it was, you know, there was fewer points. But here's the thing about the interception number. I thought this was interesting. Yeah, I, I, he wrote this down for me. So you, you've get, you, you've thrown 15 picks. You've only given up 34 points on those drives that you've thrown an interception. And 21 of those 34 points are on three pick sixes. My point is, and his point was, our defense has been pretty dadgum good when something really bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when you think about it, you've gifted teams, you know, 21 of those 34 points. Yeah. Yeah. The defense couldn't do anything about that. The points are already on the board. I think that's been a lot of frustration from the fans. Like, yeah, the defense is – is doing all they can, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I I think that that is something that I think he he was like looking to try to build off of because this is his point was look usually when you take over a program because he's like man and Coach Aranda's first year at, at Baylor and we were trying to change the culture and he we were trying to do it his way and it didn't go I think they were two and seven the COVID year and all that it, it was bad. Well, the next year they won the Big Twelve championship. He's like usually the hardest part is those first years of getting guys used to doing it how you want it, playing as hard as you want, whatever whatever you're doing. He's like, we're not having those issues. You know, our, our kids are yeah. like the, the older guys on this team, they're getting these younger guys to play hard. They're getting these younger guys to strain and to care and, and, and want to like be consistent and all those things. He goes, we just simply have to quit throwing it to the other team. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 it's just as simple as that. So you 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 think if you just show up in Fort Worth and you just play it straight up, that if you just don't gift them four or five extra possessions, you'd like to kind of see what it what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, so and heaven forbid you get a couple of takeaways 
you know, as yeah. well. So that that's what he, you know, he liked the matchup. Feels like it, you know, just team wise, you match up pretty good, and just got to figure out a way to to indicated that Baron would start. He made no bones about that. Indicated that Donovan uh, has looked the best that he's looked really since August, and that he's going to do some different things in there too. Uh, but that that's kind of where it stops. I don't know, he didn't really say a whole lot about Tyler Shuck and all that, so you're going to go potentially with the two younger guys. But Baron would start, and it would be his game and all that. So with that, I, what I Chris, when I hear that, I just – I'm just asking myself, like, we know what kind of team you are at this point, which is a team that gives the football away a lot via the quarterbacks. <laughs> and I hope that there is a – Big change from Donovan Smith to Baron Morton. The jury, I mean, the verdict is in. The jury is no longer out. Donovan Smith turns the football over as a passer. Baron Morton has had some rough moments. Is he also a guy that's prone to turnovers? I'm not willing to make that call just yet. I think the jury is still out. But the frustration to me as a fan sets in and wondering why such an onus is put on those quarterbacks to run an offense where you're chucking it as many times as you want to percentage wise, as it relates to the plays that you run. And then we're still surprised by like, well, I just can't believe we're not having success when we're throwing it this many times or this percentage of the plays that we have available to run with quarterbacks that either are freshmen or a guy that's prone to turnovers. So I know we're getting close to the end of the year and like, you don't want some big philosophy change or game plan change, you know, but do you think we ever see that change, or is it just like either they're going to get it, or we're going down in a hell of gunfire? I think uh, it's with your only not getting it. I think it's your only chance. Uh, this this is the only way you can like be competitive right now offensively because I think if you try to run it consistently and you just say, "You look, we're gonna we're gonna your offensive line's just not you yeah. can't do that." I just don't. You know, I, I think uh, TCU's gonna in, in well, and we'll see what they do. I can't say for sure. TCU has basically like here's the way TCU is set up, and they've kind of morphed this way as the season's gone along, and they figured out who they are. They can outscore almost anybody, and they have done so. So yep. TCU's defense, it's kind of like the whole Iowa State thing. They just sit back and they just try to keep everything in front of them, and they want you to kind of drive down the field because one, you're going to screw it up, you're going to commit a penalty, commit a turnover, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And, and we just don't want to give up a big old giant play. So they're going to kind of dare you to run the football, in my opinion. I, mean, oh, they're, I they're hope to take them up on it. Yeah. and what, I think, what do we have to lose at this point is what I'm wondering. Yeah, you, like, you may try. The problem is, is if you get behind, yeah, which which you can easily get behind against TCU, is, is there such a quick strike kind of team, that's where you get like, uh-oh, uh, uh, what, what I would like. Now? I guess I would like for us to first get behind before we go into emergency chuck it every time offense. Yeah. Because I still want to roll the dice with our defense having some resistance, providing some, I don't know. But I still sit there and think about, and I could be totally wrong on this, but if I had a gun to my head and they said, who are the two best or who are the best offensive players you got on your team? It's two running backs. Right now, for me, it's two running backs. And I know that'll make a hill of beans if you got no offensive line or you got all this other stuff. But I'm almost thinking, at what point do you give these guys a chance just to eat? Because that kind of – I still – I'll you can put me in the grave with this philosophy. Bury me in my blue jeans and Lubbock next to Mac Davis saying offensive linemen would rather go forward than backwards. And if they stink going backwards, well, how much worse could they be trying to go forwards? Especially when I feel like the ball carriers 
are the two most individually capable guys I think you have. But Chris, to me, turnover column number one, but this game is about what your defense is going to do against Max Duggan. I, I don't I don't find any way to get around it. Yeah. If you're turning it over as an offense, you will not be in this game. But when you get past that part of the conversation, I want to see Tyree Wilson, Krishan Merriweather, Tony Bradford, and company. Uh, those guys in the secondary you mentioned earlier in the week, Rashad Williams, Malik Dunlap. Can you stand up against what has been the flashiest show in the Big 12 Conference? Here's where the lights are going to be bright, right? And this is where tech has been the best. So I'm excited about this opportunity to prove themselves in their biggest way. That's why yesterday's show, uh, titled as Tech's Biggest Defensive Opportunity, uh, is awaiting them, basically, because, hey, this is going to mean something if you have success here. And, you know, I asked you this question early in the season. Can I buy in <laughs> or am I preparing to be hurt again? Well, the defense really hadn't hurt me yet. So uh, I'm excited about their chances this week. And, and maybe something will be uh, discovered here that you didn't have previously on the offensive side of the football because it's just going to be a bonus after last week. Last last week was a nightmare <laughs> offensively. I mean, how much worse could it get, right? Right. So, yeah. I mean, and, and at some point, at some point, your your defense needs to help you or or just flat out win a game for you. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. at some point, you just can't you can't keep re relying on a bunch of young kids on offense when you just like, okay, we're we're going to be able to get some yards and score some points, but at some point, your defense is going to have to score some points for you, create some takeaways, or or make a play inside. You know, you, you you know if if the team is about to score on you, they're gonna have to get a takeaway inside. You know, another you know in your your own red zone or something, or just something like that to tilt the game. That's been, you know, because that's where the age and experience is with this entire team, man. Yep. I mean, it just is. They're all really old. That you got a bunch of 23, 24 year old kids on that side of the ball. There's depth. There's talent. There's there's NFL talent over there. And, and maybe we're asking for too much. I don't know. But at some point, you just can't lean on an offense to keep, like, scoring and scoring and scoring, uh, you know, because I just I just don't know if – and, again, we, we know this. You're, you're just inconsistent, and there's no – there's nobody you can hang your hat on over there, you know. And yeah. I even think, you know, with, with Taj and Sarodrick, as good as they have been at times, there's been times where they just haven't been effective either. But when they're rolling, we love them. But – they're not good enough to carry it, uh, you know, and, and lead you to victory per se. But I don't know. I just I just hope that you show up. I hope Barron's mind is right. I hope his head's clear. I hope he kind of bounces back and is, is confident and is getting rid of the ball quick like we were, we're so used to seeing. And, hell, yep. man, you, you have nothing to lose. All the pressure's on TCU here. All the pressure's on Truth. TCU. Truth. That is the reality. Uh, man, so much good stuff this week. Appreciate all the perspectives and – just on this episode covering uh, a wide range, but uh, it's been an action-packed week, man. Did you ever know growing up, like, how uh, well-versed you're going to be on television contract negotiation just to be a college <laughs> sports fan? Yeah, never uh, would have expected. We, we, we've right? all we've all learned together, buddy. I mean, that, that is. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, you're right. We've all learned together, <laughs> man. Looking forward to whatever's going down in Fort Worth. Should be a great environment, and I'm sure provided mostly uh, by those in the red and black. Maybe somebody in purple will wander away from the concourse at some point in time while the sun is still up. But nonetheless, should be a lot of fun. And maybe Texas Tech can pull off something interesting. Uh, as we touched on there, nothing to lose, obviously, for the Red Raiders. Chris will be on the sideline, of course, for the call. And uh, we'll be recapping the action with the morning after report coming up on Sunday. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss any episodes. When they hit, 
And we got basketball coming up to kick off next week. So we're back in a basketball conversation. I think Chris is going to shed his Bob Thompson costume or vice versa for the next time around. We're talking hoops. So be on the lookout. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe so you miss no episodes because the fur is about to be flying for real as it relates to Locked On Texas Tech content. It's the best time of the year, man. I love this time of year every time it comes around. Oh, man. Sports, holidays, more sports, multiple sports. <laughs> I mean, yeah, day, day sports. I mean, yeah, Sign me up, man. It's all you're about to just pour it all over you, man. Almost. Please, yeah, please subscribe. Absolutely. Chris, yes. thanks for all the time this week, man. The perspectives as well. Enjoyed it as always. Yes, sir. Keep hope alive, Coach Cowan. That's right. And uh, keep it right here on Locked on Texas Tech throughout the weekend as we're off to Fort Worth, hell bent for leather. It's the battle for the saddle, the West Texas Championship. And we're here covering it all on Locked on Texas Tech.